Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and this is a special episode because it's block party time here at Maximum Fun. What is block party? Well, during block party, Max Fun shows are releasing episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences like this one you're listening to now. So if you're new, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, this is a perfect one to share with somebody. Um, and we hope that you will. I, I feel like the biggest question we get, whether it's on Reddit or on Twitter or whatever, is where do I start with such and such podcast? Right. Well, with Judge John Hodgman, here's the episode that's perfect to start with. Um, so share it with a friend. Block Party also has games and recommendations and a big volunteer event and the limited edition poster and more. You can find out more about all that stuff. And I encourage you to do so at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party. Tell your friends. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, anti-anarchist brief. Mark and Hal host the Maximum Fun Show, We Got This, where they settle small debates. In 2018, they attempted to decide the best pretzel shape, but came to an impasse. Hal thinks that Mark was unwilling to properly entertain a debate. Mark says, Hal betrayed the show's core by removing the default pretzel shape from contention. Who's right, who's wrong? Only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. A guy like me who goes around the country, travels a lot, you see a lot of Zambonis. And every time I do, I think, there, but for the grace of God, go I. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, will you swear the litigants in, please? Mark, how please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he only eats pretzel sticks? <laughs> I do. Mark, stop standing up. I do. <laughs> it's the chunk, the thick kind that you get. Like at the Costco. Yeah, the rods. A pretzel pretzel rod. Yeah, the rods. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Hal and Mark of the We Got This podcast. It's so lovely to see you on this non-visual medium called podcasting. Mark, thank you for dressing up for the non-visual medium called podcasting. Well, Your Honor, uh, this is the dressing up was really for you. I appreciate it. It's been a long time since I've seen my good friends, Hal and Mark of the We Got This podcast. Now, for those of you joining us on this Maximum Fun block party week... If you're not familiar with the We Got This podcast, let me make you familiar. Every week, Hal and Mark take a topic that is submitted to them, right? Mm -hmm. Would you say from listeners, right? Yes. What's the best example that you use of of a submitted topic? Our very first episode was, should you put ketchup on a hot dog, followed immediately after by, should you hang your toilet paper overhand or underhand? So it is the important topics. And you debate the topics. One of mm-hmm. you takes one position and the other. And truthfully, you're not. Not necessarily. You... We okay. try to consider ourselves less the two lawyers on either side and more. We are the ones deciding. We try to. And this comes into play in this case. I think we try to decide completely objectively uh, as ourselves. Best. Neither of us taking uh, sides beforehand. Like a French judge. Exactly. Yes. We're Ali. the French judges of podcasting. I yeah. see. So, for example, um, put ketchup on a hot dog, yay or nay? How? Nay. 
Mark? And we are, yeah, yeah nay is yes. the correct answer. Yeah. Right. Yes. And why, Hal? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, we're supported by the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, who states that you can only put ketchup on a hot dog, I think up to age eight, was it, Mark? Mm-hmm. Eight or uh, ten? I believe that uh, the former president of the United States said five, but um, there you go. eight was the National Hot Dog Council was the cutoff age for putting ketchup on your hot dogs. And yes. I will point out that the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council is a real thing that is also ruled that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Yeah. Which yes. is an important topic of debate here on the Judge John Hodgman show. Of course. Mm-hmm. Where we invite listeners to call in with disputes they have with each other. And rather than debate them, I hear both sides with the aid of my very good friend and uh, fake court bailiff, Jesse Thorne. Mm-hmm. And then I give my verdict as to who is right and who is wrong. So, for example, best Halloween candy. Hal? Oh, I like Snickers fun size. Okay, personally. Mark? Mm-hmm. I personally like Whoppers. You're both wrong. Reese's peanut butter cups is the answer. <laughs> this Fair is enough. why we yeah. had to come back to you. Best Halloween candy. <laughs> yes. Whoppers. Whoppers are delicious. <laughs> is that real? I do love a Whopper. Yeah. I like Whoppers a lot. I'm not against Whoppers. It's no. just a bold claim for best. <laughs> Don't they start to taste like heartburn after a little while? Mom like you enjoy. have the, first they're good yes. and then it gets into that pocket where it's bad. Yeah, I just like they, that they come in a proper milk carton, like an old timey mm, milk yeah. carton of Whoppers, so you can pour them on your cereal. Tootsie roll. Tootsie roll. <laughs> <laughs> that is quintessential Jesse Thorne, but again, Reese's peanut butter cups, specifically the single pack peanut butter mm-hmm. cup that you get at mm-hmm. Halloween. Best yeah. Halloween candy. I do love a Whopper though, because once you get to that malted milk core. It chews your tongue up, just yeah. like uh, uh, Captain Crunch chews up the top of your mouth. Mm-hmm. If you had a Whopper, Whopper and tongue. a Captain Crunch at the same time, there would just be a war in your mouth. There would be a mouth war, classic yeah. mouth war, which is not yet a Maximum Fun podcast, but maybe there should be one. <laughs> Coming in now, 2023. Judge Hodgman, you offered an obscure cultural reference yes. when you entered the courtroom. Yes, I did. Every week when I enter the courtroom, I offer an obscure cultural reference, usually a quote from a movie or a book or a play or, or a sage thinker making a reference usually around the topic at hand. And the topic of hand in this case is pretzels. Now, I will make the offer to you, Mark and Hal, that I make to every litigant who comes in the courtroom, which mm-hmm. is this. If either of you can guess the source of this cultural reference, you win by summary judgment. Hal, wow. do you want to take, do you want to hear it again real quick? I would love to, yeah. Okay. A guy like me who goes around the country, travels a lot, you see a lot of Zambonis. And every time I do, I think, there but for the grace of God go I. Hal, what's your guess? Could be anything. I, I I have no idea. I'm going to take a stab and say Up in the Air, which I know is incorrect. Up in the Air is what? A song? A Broadway it is tune? a George Clooney film oh, yeah, where yeah, he yeah, plays right. a man who downsizes he, people. For and he travels a lot. He travels, travels a, lot. a lot. That yep. was what I keyed into, yes. Yeah, exactly. Also known as the prequel to my book, Medallion Status. Uh, Mark, what mm-hmm. is your guess? Uh, I'm going to guess it is from the uh, D.B. Sweeney film, <laughs> The Cutting Edge. About mm. figure skating. Oh, figure skating because of Zamboni. Because of, of Zamboni, sure. Mm-hmm. And he was, as a hockey player, prior to his uh, figure skating career, he would have done a lot of traveling. And if you don't know, listener, a Zamboni, of course, is an ice resurfacer that mm-hmm. uh, was named for its inventor, Richard Zamboni, who invented it in 1949. But this is the part of the podcast where I say each and every week, all guesses are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot this morning when I came up with this quote that this was block party week. And so I should probably make this something accessible, something understandable, (laughs) something parsable, something not weird. 
And when I realized it was block party week, I thought about changing it, but I can't because this quote, a guy like me who goes around the country, travels a lot. You see a lot of Zambonis and every time I do, I think there, but for the grace of God, go I. It comes from the dream I had this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say that in your dream or was it said to you? No, it was said to me. In my dream, I and bailiff Jesse Thorne, who in in my real life is my friend, got together and we went to a a video game arcade on the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey. We finished recording a podcast and we were just going to the arcade together. And in the arcade, there was like like an airplane sleeper seat, like a pod that you see in like business class. Uh It was a promotion (laughs) in this arcade for some reason. Advertising in your dream? Yeah, they were advertising. Virgin Atlantic was promoting the sleeper seat. And and there was a guy inside the sleeper seat who raised up out of it and said these words. A guy like me goes around the country, travels a lot. You see a lot of Zambonis. And every time I do, I think there, but for the grace of God, go I. And I thought, for some reason in the dream, I thought this was the funniest joke. And also the guy who was inside the sleeper seat for some reason was dressed like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> he was a sleeper reaper. <laughs> There's a lot more to this dream that happened, which I will tell you, perhaps after the credits, there might be a secret post-credit sequence that happens sometimes on this podcast. I'll reveal the rest of the dream, but I had to leave it in there because it was such a pleasant dream, Jesse Thorne, because you and I went to an arcade together in person on the boardwalk in Ocean State, New Jersey. It's been so long since I've seen you in person. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person soon. Fingers crossed. I don't know if we can announce it, but uh, at a certain San Franciscan sketch fest in the future. But more on that later. Now we get to the case. Look, I could have given you this one. This one would have been better. Uh, here's one. It's a, it's a, this is a legitimate quote about pretzels. I've been into the habit of freezing white grapes and using them as a snack. Instead of eating peanuts or popcorn or something like that, or pretzels, I just eat the white grapes. Would I, either of you have guessed Mike Ditka? No. <laughs> no. I was going to guess Ina Garten, which is no. way off from Mike Ditka. Mike I was going to guess the Sleeper Reaper. Yeah. It sounds the like Sleeper Reaper. The Sleeper Reaper. He'd do that. But since you both failed in both tests yes. of the obscure cultural reference, let's go and hear the case. Who comes to this court seeking justice? I do, Your Honor. That would be Mark. Yes. Of we got this with Mark and Hal, Hal and Mark, however you, however it is styled. Yes. And what is the nature of your dispute? The nature of the dispute is, I believe, in the episode titled "Best Pretzel Shape." Uh, my partner, of your podcast of our podcast. Uh, my partner Hal uh, forsook his duty and the stated goal of the podcast, which is to provide objective answers to subjective questions. I think that this particular episode, his objectivity was clouded by his love of his home city of Philadelphia. Mm. I don't think he gave proper credit to what I believe to be objectively the best pretzel shape, but we really didn't even get a chance to argue whether it was objectively the best pretzel shape because of uh, Hal's deep love of Philadelphia. Hal disqualified the pretzel shape that you wanted to discuss. Yes. And what shape was that? That the, the default pretzel shape of the one that is used in Nearly all advertising for pretzels outside of Philadelphia, the one used in the video game Pac-Man uh-huh. as a uh, as an object that you have to collect. The classic pretzel shape, the one that is folded monk's hands from the year roughly 600. Right. That's apocryphal. Which, 
Well, okay, okay apocry- Mr. Apocryphal. That's how <laughs> piping up all of a sudden. I'll allow Hello. the objection. Why did you disqualify from contention obviously one of the most famous pretzel shapes, the pretzel shape? Well, Your Honor, I think that is a gross mischaracterization of what happened. Early on, three minutes into the episode, Mark says, it's pretzel shape. And that is his stance for the entirety of the episode. Is it's pretzel shape, it's pretzel shape, it's pretzel shape. Is, I the, attempted, is, the, is the best pretzel shape. That's yes. Okay, uh, yes. got it. And was not willing to discuss anything else. I had to coax him into a longer discussion of other shapes. Well, I knew we were going to have a longer discussion because it was a podcast recording. All right, you'll get your chance. You just wanted to Mark. stop the whole thing, right? I, yeah, I didn't want to stop the episode. And maybe talk about end, something else for a while. <laughs> trying to end the show right there and then, three minutes in, yeah. for all time. Did you have an appointment? Did you have an audition, Mark, that you were rushing off to? <laughs> I simply wanted how to, I felt the burden of proof that it was not the default pretzel shape was on how, and if I may point out, this he sprung this topic on me as a surprise in the moment. Uh, this was one of those occasions where for our show, sometimes we will do an episode that we have not specifically have not done any research on and he will come up with a topic and I will come up with a topic and we will lay them on each other. Wait a minute. You do research for your, you do research for your podcast? We do. Interesting. We have a researcher and everything. The delightful Kate McManus. Producer Jennifer Marmer. Yes. Um, write down research as an idea for this podcast. Okay. And remind me to do some. Okay. I, Interesting. Jennifer? Yep. Did you write down research? Yes. Can you cross that out? Okay. Thanks. Hey, Jennifer? <laughs> yes. Before I forget, write down, what is research? Question mark. Got it. Thank you. All right. We'll get this sorted out later. Anyway, Hal. Yes. Uh, what pretzel shape, what, what does Philadelphia have to do with this? You are from I, there. Yes, Mark's contention is that you ever go, I was, you ever go down the, you ever go down to Ocean City, New Jersey. When you said it, I, I immediately thought of two things. One was Wonderland Pier. Yep, mm-hmm. and the other is Steel's Fudge. Ugh, fudge. S T E A L S. S T E E L S. The Steel Family. The steel fudge. Family. But really, John, yeah. Johnson's Caramel Corn is the main attraction. You get it fresh. You have the you have the bucket. Yeah. They put it in and they yeah. fill the bag as well. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's so good. yes, Ocean <laughs> City. There. I down love the shore it. walking the boards. Yeah. <laughs> we go down there. Go down here. Have a snack. Get a hoagie. Get a hoagie. Get some <laughs> chicken pizza, crab fries. <laughs> That's a new thing. New treat. New treat. We'll talk about yeah. it. Later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll and some pre- and some pretzels, but let's talk about the Philadelphia style pretzel. This mm-hmm. is this is what you're hung up on. I, I'm not. This is Mark's argument. I, I just find it interesting that he says that I'm betraying the essence of the show, which is an objective debate. And then he just said that his entire premise for the episode was, tell me I'm wrong. Look, I don't want to relitigate what you guys already went through. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, what did you end up deciding was the best? Did you come to a consensus? Pretzel rod. Yes, pretzel rod. Well, it right. wasn't really a consensus, Your Honor. Right. It was, and I can, I, I have the transcript in front of me. I can actually point out the exact moment when Hal, mm. in his own words, out of spite, chose uh, to eliminate... <laughs> The uh, chose to eliminate uh, the pretzel. It so I'll, it says. I'll allow you to read that into the record. Thank you. Um, we said. I said we will take uh, Philadelphia pretzel to the finals, and then we will each eliminate one. At this point, there were three pretzel shapes in the finals. What were the uh, three? The three were Philadelphia, not uh, uh-huh. Rod, and 
default pretzel shape. Okay, stop there for a second. Yes. Just so our listeners understand what, what's in contention here. Mm-hmm. Pretzel rod, self-explanatory. Sure. Pretzel shape pretzel, mm-hmm. obviously self-explanatory. It's right there in the name, explaining itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Philadelphia knot, what is that? It is a figure eight pretzel, generally cooked side by side. So it actually looks like like two links in a chain link fence. So Cre- you have loops on either side and then a, a thick knot in the middle. Created in the early 20th century, uh, as a way to create pretzels in a factory setting rather than a bakery setting for the masses. Thank mm. you very much, Mr. Research. Yes. Al, this is the beloved soft pretzel of the of Philadelphia street food scene? Yes. This is a classic Philadelphia-style soft pretzel. And what would you put on top of that? Cheese Whiz and onions? <laughs> <laughs> I I will, yes. I'll what would you the- put on top of that? Snapper soup from Bookbinders? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More references, please. How yeah. what, what would you put on top of that? Booing Mike Schmidt? <laughs> <laughs> well, you sprinkle a little blood from the Phillies fanatic on top of that pretzel. Is there I blood in it, his veins? Yeah, yeah green <laughs> yeah. blood. Yeah, I top it with Gritty's googly eyes mm-hmm. and I eat uh-huh. it. Yeah, there we go. How much scrapple you put on top of that pretzel? <sighs> There's an enough. I make a scrapple sandwich. You can barely taste the pretzel. All right. But that is the cla- so, thing. So that 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 obscure cultural reference, the Philadelphia knot, which I mean, does it appear in any other major city? I've never seen it here in New York, which we are, we are known for our street pretzels as well. Yes, those right. giant crusty soft pretzels. The only place I've ever seen it, Judge Hodgman, is in the icon for a web link. that is exactly what it looks like it's a hyperlink pretzel it looks like a chain it looks like a link two two links of a chain got it okay and that made it all the way to the finals yes here's why (laughs) mark mark decided that our process would be to pick the best hard pretzel and the best soft pretzel shape and put them up against one another okay well we decided and i even said that my preference was a long braid soft pretzel because it's all knot, which is the best part of a soft pretzel is the knot. Whether it's, it's the knot, wh- it's the cross section of all the pieces. Yes, that's where Satan lives and tempts your sh- your soul. Yes, that is where you learn to play blues music. Yes, exactly. More references. Boy, this mm-hmm. is a very accessible episode of uh, Judge John Hodgman. <laughs> People are like looking up bookbinders in the dictionary right now. It's a restaurant in Philadelphia. All right. Uh, so that's a soft pretzel. Pretzel-shaped pretzel is a hard pretzel or, or can be a soft pretzel, right? It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the traditionally a, either one. But in, in the case of this show, it was in both rounds. We had talked about it, the smaller hard pretzel, and then talked about the soft pretzel version uh, later on. Okay, now I understand the three that were in contention. Mm-hmm. So one had to be eliminated, correct? Yes. All right. So read, read please read the transcript. So... I said, we will take that to the finals and then we'll each go and eliminate one. And Hal immediately jumped in with, and I quote, okay, I'll go first, traditional pretzel shape. And eliminated. It, immediately eliminated. Yes. Okay. And But you each and, had oh, the right to I, eliminate if I, one. If I may, I said, uh, immediately after that, I said, we're going with Rod. So we wound up going with pretzel Rod as the victor. And I said, we're going with Rod just because of your spite. And Hal said, and I quote, yes, that's right. Ah, it does seem like you're admitting bias there, Hal. Sure. But the bias is not for my pretzel shape. It was against Mark's stance, 
when he gets dug in and says, I'm not going to change my mind, then immediately. Did you point in the transcript that, to where I said, I'm not going to change my mind? I think it was in the first three minutes when you just said pretzel shape, pretzel shape, pretzel shape, pretzel shape. Yeah. Th- that to me was the moment when Hal sprung this on me. And I said, I didn't even know that a Philly not existed at this point. Uh, you, all yes, I, you did. Your father's no, did from Glen Alden. No, in Glen Alden, we always ate regular Philly pretzels. I mean, we, all, we always ate regular pretzel oh. shaped pretzels. All right. <laughs> Let's take a quick recess. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. 
I would like to enter something into evidence. A friend of the court sent in this affidavit that I'd like to read. Mm. When did you do this podcast? What year was it? 2018. Yes. April of 2018, I believe. All right. So three years ago. Here's a letter. Hearing this should be settled, but somehow still bitter pretzel debate bubble up again and again and again for years in the midst of wholly unrelated episode discussions long after the episode in question was decided has, let me be honest, placed an undue emotional burden on me. Frankly, it's exhausting. Do you know who this letter is from? Can you guess? Did you write that, Your Honor? No. Who is the most burdened person that you know? <laughs> producer Ken Plume. Ken Plume is correct, is the correct answer. <laughs> Your very producer claims hardship from having to listen to you guys fight about this over and over again and claims that it is a matter of spite at this point. Hmm. Mark, you claim that Hal eliminated this out of spite. Hal, you agreed that it was out of spite, but only because Mark was being intractable. Why do you think this is still a point of contention? Did you come to the wrong answer or are you just angry at each other about the way you discussed this? I, uh, both, Your Honor. I think I'll we let did. Hal answer first. All right. I'm not upset at all. I actually think it's a hilarious episode. I think it's really fun. And I think we our episodes fall into one of two categories. One is a deep dive that is full of information about a topic, a very small topic that we sort of put them put under the microscope. The other is the joy of hearing two friends have a back and forth with one another where you, where you feel like you're in the room and you're yelling at your phone. And that's what this is in perfect amounts. Well, and of course, if listeners want to check it out, it's uh, available at MaximumFun.org. We got this with Mark and Hal, episode 168, Best Pretzel Shape. But that's not the question, Hal. Mm. You're still fighting over it. It is causing Ken Plume hardship. And listening to him describe how it is exhausting and listening to you guys talk about it now, it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. It may have been good in episode 168, but can you justify continuing to fight over it again and again and again three years later? What is the fight about? Was it the wrong pretzel shape or are you mad at each other for your style of fighting? I, I am comfortable with the decision. I think it's a fine choice. Pretzel I, rod. Pretzel yes. rod is the decision. Yes. And I and I definitely we we talk about why the great things about mm -hmm. the pretzel rod in in great detail. Give that me it deserves one, its give me one thing about a pretzel rod that is great. Well, you can you can chew on it like everybody does the cigar when you're a kid. That's you turn true. it into a cigar. Yeah, all right. You make and it right. gets I did it eventually college. Yeah. yeah. And oh yeah, I still do it now. And yeah, eventually it cigar. gets to the point you yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. I'm going to have this here pretzel yeah. Yeah. I, took, I, I did it into grad school that's how I defended my PhD <laughs> yeah. by waggling your eyebrows and tipping now your groucho pretzel Jorge Luis Borges <laughs> was not a nationalist writer I didn't get a PhD. I have a bachelor's degree in literary theory. Go ahead, Al. All right, cigar. That's that's a good that's a good uh, yeah that's a good thing about it. You you get to a point in in that uh, in that action where it becomes sort of soggy, and then you just bite it off, and you have essentially the, the pretzel rod is made new again. Right. Also, mm -hmm. you can make if a it's magic wand, you can cast yeah, a spell with it. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Sometimes when you bite it, it does that thing where it splinters, so that part of it has been cleaved in twain a little yeah, bit like and a wedge shape yeah if mm -hmm. you're having it with with uh with some ice cream where i when oh. i grew up it was served in ice cream it becomes a little spoon what is that becomes a, a little edible is that a spoon. philly thing 
I think that's it was a a, thing. at the Garden of Earthly Delights was the name of the place that I went where they did that. <laughs> mm. And it's and it sticks in my memory. But that specific for any dip, if you're dipping it in peanut butter or or chocolate, whatever you are you are having with it. Anything you want to add, Mark, about the pretzel rod? Uh, I I disagree that the pretzel rod is the best pretzel shape. I think Why? that because I think it is unequivocal and objectively pretzel shape is the best pretzel shape. Okay, but there's a difference between most iconic and recognizable pretzel shape and best. Right. Uh, okay, because I enjoy a soft pretzel. I like the I like the variety within a soft pretzel that there are slightly crustier bits on the uh, outside bow than that central triangle and the knot at the north end of that central triangle gives you a little bit of that softness. I don't. I disagree with Hal in that I don't think it should be. Uh, the, the the best part of the pretzel should encompass the entire pretzel because. Something cannot be made of just its best parts. And I like the apocryphal, yes, possibly, story of uh, it being not, uh, monks with their hands folded in prayer and given to children as treats for behaving. I like the, uh, as a history right, because book, that is, that uh, is the story the, of it. That is the, uh, an apocryphal does not mean not true. It just means not right, proven. Right, it just means, yeah. But the, mm -hmm. the received wisdom about why a pretzel is shaped that way is that it was made by monks in the Middle Ages and it's supposed to approximate hands in prayer. Right. Yes, were, that is that is one of three. And origins. they were they were given to to kids for good behavior, and the kids would throw them back in the monks' faces. And say, Give me, where are the whoppers? Yeah, dumb monks. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a Reese's cup. Yeah, exactly. So you submitted some evidence as well, Mark. And when people mm -hmm. submit evidence on the podcast that is photographic in nature, mm -hmm. we feature it on the show page at maximumfun.org, and we post to our Instagram account, which is Instagram.com/slash Judge John Hodgman. And you sent in an ad for. A pretzel bakery called Julius Sturgis. Why am I looking at this? What you are looking at, it's assorted uh, advertisements from the most prominent Pennsylvania-based wow. pretzel companies, each wow. and every one of them using pretzel shape in either their logo, their banner, or uh, their primary advertising on their homepage. And this is all from uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch country where uh, pretzels made their way first into the United States. These are the most prominent uh, companies that make them, all of which use the pretzel shape. But all of this, again, seems to argue definitive or iconic or quintessential. And I yes. appreciate your argument for best, but why is the Philadelphia soft pretzel not as good? I mean, it's a different kind of knot, basically, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference of quality? Is it softer, Hal? Is it... Um... It's it gives you the same thing. So the the outer edges can be a little harder than That's the lines. Is it softer? Yes or no? Yes, yes. It's softer, right? It's mm -hmm. softer. Yes. It's not mm -hmm. as crusty as a as a as a traditional street soft pretzel, right? Wouldn't you say? That's correct. It's not as yes. craggy on the outside. It's soft. No, it it's is soft. soft. It is right. a by its it, it lives soft. up to its name. Soft like a tasty cake, perhaps. Right? Mm. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Is that a Philadelphia thing? I think it's a, a regional thing. <laughs> yeah. Like an Amoroso roll. It is nice yeah, and soft. 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 Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Soft. All right. You won't. I, I have no objection to the Amoroso roll. Your Honor. Jesse Thorne, I have a question for you. Because sometimes I turn to my bailiff, Jesse Thorne, for wisdom. Yes, sir. How do you feel about the pretzel rod? Can we let this stand? The pretzel rod being the best pretzel? Um, I'll say two things about the pretzel rod. Yeah. One is that. I grew up idolizing the comedian Norm Macdonald. Sure. Mm -hmm. And he had a very famous early stand-up bit in which he told the classic story of getting caught smoking cigarettes and being sent out 
behind the barn to smoke a whole cigar by his grandfather. And then he says, and that's when I started smoking cigars. <laughs> and um, my friend Gene and I, Gene was my co-host on the show that is now my uh, NPR show, Bullseye, would go to Costco, buy a giant barrel of pretzel rods, and then go around saying, eh, I'm smoking cigars as a sort of tribute to our comedy hero. Um, so I have a fondness for the pretzel rod yeah. because it reminds me of that memory of time spent with my friend and creative collaborator when I was in college. That said, it's obviously an absurd choice. I mean, it's completely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you. And profoundly uh. inane. <laughs> and and a choice made under duress right it does seem a little bit suspect it seems a little bit like a like a, a win by attrition because you had what's the best halloween candy uh, trail mix it's more nutritious <laughs> gives you energy when you're hiking <laughs> Hal, you say that Mark was unwilling to even debate the pretzel-shaped topic. How does that make you feel? It is frustrating. It is very frustrating to try to have a, try to go, all right, well, let's just look at everything. And if that's the answer, that's fine. But but the second that he, three minutes in, goes, it's pretzel-shaped, that I a switch is flipped in my mind. And I go, oh, really? This is this is what it's going to be? You're going to be the guy at the card table holding the piece of paper that's, that, says whatever whatever people have photoshopped on it prove me wrong that arms folded smugness drives me insane that is not what our show is arms folded almost like a pretzel you might say like a pretzel yeah yes. exactly with his weird screen captures of pennsylvania dutch pretzel company yes. advertisements <laughs> yeah that is if we had over the course of discussion come to an argument that that was the best pretzel shape other than anything that uh, uh, from and and the argument was anything other than it's called pretzel shape. It's on these advertisements. There there wasn't really a strong discussion. He's done more to or, argue for or pretzel was it shape more here that than he, he wasn't getting. He wasn't allowing you to get to the answer you wanted, which was the Philadelphia soft pretzel. Honestly, no. I'm willing to I'm willing to fight for it to a certain point, but I've I've I have a track record of relenting when a good argument is made, and a good argument wasn't made that day because he didn't want to make an argument at all. He just, just wanted as a to matter be of personal shape. taste. I put before you a New York City soft pretzel in the shape of a pretzel pretzel shape mm -hmm. we call mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and a Philadelphia soft pretzel. How? Which do you choose? I would choose the Philadelphia soft pretzel. And why? I know you love the knot. I know, I know you love the knot, but how is it better than the other one? Because it's actually soft. It's actually soft. All right. But you couldn't come to a decision of, uh, of a best hard pretzel and a best soft pretzel. You had to have one based on your well, rules. Well, the, the, yes. That, and the decision was hard pretzel was rod and soft pretzel was, was soft pretzel shape. The Philadelphia, that figure eight pretzel. Oh, so you and got because it. Mark had, you got had it automatically. Oh, yes, he had said, Sorry. well, pretzel shape gets an automatic buy to the finals because it's called pretzel shape. Not for any not for any quality it has. Yeah, other I was than not given the Your Honor, if I may, I was not given Please. the opportunity to present any uh argument when this was when this was sprung on me seconds before we started recording the episode. It would be akin to saying, 
okay, let's do an episode. Ready? Go. We're going to do one on best uh, sports mascots named the Fanatic. Okay, go. This is what we're going to talk about. So I, having no prep time, was unable to uh, really dive into this. And yes, perhaps it was a knee-jerk reaction to say, well, it's pretzel shape. The indignance well, came but be- from- but best, but best is subjective no matter what. That's right? the whole point of our show, You don't Honor. need to do research in order to determine best. We you do, do when research. we're trying to find an objective answer to a subjective question. I appreciate that. But the fact that you have screen captures of ads for pretzels just indicates that that pretzel shape is very common. If I may, Your Honor, one criteria that we frequently use on the show uh, when all other things are equal is cultural impact and ubiquity of uh, whatever the topic we're discussing is. Well, but and then there's no contest. Yes, that would be my argument. So and all how other did you feel? Aren't equal. How, excuse me, how? Excuse me? All other things are not equal. In We're what? not saying all pretzels are the same, so which one is going to be the best one? No, I'm saying that, that is- I'm saying that we determined that both the soft pretzels were, in a world where both of the soft pretzel shapes are roughly the same quality level, we have to look at other factors. Look, you're going around in circles again. <laughs> You're fighting about this again and again and again and again, the exact same ways. Hal didn't give me a chance to do this, and Mark didn't give me a chance to do this, and then I did this, and then I did this, and I did this. I'm Ken Plume over here, exhausted, sad, <laughs> burdened. I'm you sorry get, we made you, you letters, sad, Your Honor. Do you get letters from your listeners saying, I hope you keep this up? <laughs> <laughs> they do seem to enjoy it. They, they enjoy, do, it, enjoy it. Still needle yet. I'm they sure are, there to, are definitely some Philadelphia partisans. Oh. To be perfectly honest, at this point, the only reason we keep adding fuel to this fire, I think, or one of the primary reasons, is because it angers our uh, fan base in a delightful way. Ah! How can I ask you something serious? Sure. The premise of this show is that the two of you are going to, through argument, hash out a question and come to some answer and understood in that is that your friendship will carry you through the conflict did you feel mark's unwillingness to even engage the question was in a way a betrayal of your obvious friendship i don't i don't want to go too inside baseball no, I, it's very there's only one time i've ever become mad at Mark during the recording of an episode. And that was the, it was for the episode that we were, that we argued last time, which was, which was Christmas movie. That's the only time I got mad at him because he literally said, I'm not going to change my mind. You better flip a coin or something. And that felt like that's not what this show is. We're Mm going to figure it out one way or another. And whatever we come to at the end, the other sort of implicit agreement we set up is even if we don't necessarily agree with it, we're going to abide by it. That's the answer from all time. I still call the sandwich a hoagie, even though we decided it's sub that if somebody asks me, that is what I will tell them because that's what we decided on the episode. My feelings about it are irrelevant because we decided it. it's it's over. So this was definitely frustrating, but I don't think it rose to the level of a of a, of a betrayal the way the way the other impasse did. In other words, yes, it was a betrayal. Yeah. I'm trying to protect my friend Mark. Because <laughs> you just described all the reasons why it was a betrayal, then concluded with, that's why it but, wasn't a betrayal. And not merely, and Mark, don't jump in yet. I, I really have to credit O um, of my bailiff, Jesse Thorne, because he got at something, you know, on this on our show or our podcast, Judge John Hodgman podcast you're listening to. 
part of our show is to take these silly disputes and find the emotional core or crux in them. The, the real emotional stuff that's going on underneath the smallest of disputes about how to load a dishwasher or whether a hot dog is a sandwich. And it's not, by the way, not a sandwich. Mm. In any case, you know, Jesse Thorne got there. And I was really feeling it. Not only did Mark bully you on the pretzel shape issue here, but he also bullied you into saying that a hoagie was a sub. I mean, Mark, that's personal. Your Honor, I, th- these are two examples. And, and, and that- well, you're like a giant San Diego chicken wandering through Philadelphia, kicking over the statue of William Penn. Kicking over Liberty One and Liberty Two. In the name of objectivity, you bet I would do that. You kaiju, get out of here, San Diego chicken. The PSFS building. Yeah, you can't knock over the PFSS. 30th Street Station, featured so prominently in the movie Witness. But how we are, we relitigated this Christmas movie dispute as well, right? On our podcast. Yes. What was the name of it again, Jennifer Marmer? Object the Halls with Bows of Justice. Object the Halls with Bows of Justice. Great title. And Mark, you would still not be put off your position. Is that not correct? Because you were still relitigating this Christmas movie issue. Hal, you liked A Christmas Story. Terrible movie. Mark, you loved It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. Mm -hmm. But I failed in the the argument, I realize. What was it I told you? You said, uh, Hal did not win this. You lost this. You have failed. I was and for this it. decision is because you life. did poorly. No, well, that's not true because the Christmas story is traumatic as it is for me to watch is actually a movie about Christmas. <laughs> yeah. The way it's uh, a wonderful would, life is not. If I may point out, Your Honor, the, the intractability factor that Hal is talking about goes both ways. Uh, there are frequently episodes where I will simply give in because we've hit 90 minutes. Uh, and I Speaking know of that, which. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think, I think it's disingenuous to say that I am more frequently intractable than Hal is. Well, but Hal, you are in fault. You are at fault too here, right? This mm-hmm. is sort of like talking about which is the worst pretzel shape because Mark is misshapen in his pretzel logic because he, because he won't, he won't back off a position and Hal, you are misshapen in your pretzel logic because out of spite, you'll just eliminate that position and then you end up with pretzel rod at the end. And are you doing your listeners any good at that point? Are we ever? (laughs) Good point. (laughs) What would you have me rule, Hal, if I were to rule in your favor? Thinking in terms of the emotional core of this. I just want the argument to go away. I want us to be able to look at this episode and say it is a good, fun episode. And sometimes that's how it shakes out. And we're not happy with the decision, but we make it anyway. We move on and you laughed while listening to it. So mission accomplished. Mark, what would you have me rule? Are you unwilling to let this topic lie finally? I am absolutely willing to let this topic lie. But I would like uh, I would like an apology from Hal for letting his Philadelphia philia get in the way of our objectivity. And before you finish writing your letters to Hodgman at MaximumFun.org, it may be let this topic lay. Don't correct me. Uh, whichever one is correct, that's the one you heard. So you want me to rule that Hal stopped caring about his his city of origin? No, I just that it stop uh, coloring our decisions. D- All right. I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'm going to go into Reading Terminal Market now, get a roast pork sandwich from Denix. Think this over. I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman 
exits the courtroom. Hal, what's the story with that Ben Franklin Museum where it's Ben Franklin's house, but they didn't have the house, so they just drew the outline of it on the ground, and then underneath it, there's uh, a bank of telephones that you can use to uh, call world leaders of the past and get a recorded message from them. And then also there's what? a diorama of the Continental Congress. Part where part of his... <laughs> audio plays while little lights light up which member of the Continental Congress is talking. I, I, I believe what you're referring to is only part of his house still standing. So okay. you can tour part of it and the rest of it is like, here's what it would have been. And here, and yes, the phones were definitely... That like feels like a 70s parking garage. edition. Yeah, you tore his house and his printing press. They're right there on Market Street. How how do you feel about your chances in the case? I, uh, I'm i frightened at the idea that I would have to surrender an essential part of me that I bring to everything I do in life, and especially the podcast. It's, it's scary. I'm, I'm hopeful. Mark, how do you mm -hmm. feel? I, I think I've made a good case uh, for objectivity today. And I hope objectivity wins out in our podcast about objectivity. So maybe the biggest uh, Philadelphia sports fan in the world, and certainly the greatest baseball player in the world is New Jersey native Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Mike Trout does not do a lot of endorsements because he's a very boring man. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a good guy, but he's not exciting in any way. He does endorse Super Pretzel brand pretzels, mm -hmm. a soft pretzel that's pretzel-shaped. Mm -hmm. I found a press release. This is the part of the show we call Jesse Reads from a Press Release <laughs> from 2012. Super Pretzel teams up with the supernatural Mike Kraft. <laughs> Great title. He's been representing Super Pretzel for the last decade as he went from Rookie of the Year to greatest one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Mike Trout says, I grew up eating and enjoying super pretzels, and I'm excited to now be working with the JJSF team. That's J&J &J Snack and, Foods. Mm -hmm. And Jesse, remind me, where is he from again? He's from the Philadelphia part of New Jersey. Thank you, New Jersey. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. New Jersey is separated into two regions. Yes. Uh, the part where they listen to WHYY and the part where they listen to WNYC. And then farms in the middle. There's a third. Yeah. <laughs> this is what Gary Schreiber, the president and CEO of J&J &J Snack Foods Corp said. <laughs> Mike Trout is a phenomenal athlete and an extraordinary young man. We believe the combination of Mike representing our super pretzel, soft pretzels, churros, and other related products is a rare combination of the best of the best. And you know what? They were right. <laughs> And so I just wanted to share that and say they were right. He, he became the best baseball player in the world, and there's no finer supermarket frozen pretzel mm. than Super Pretzel. Not paid for that endorsement, just like Super Pretzels. The same reason why Mike Trout still represents Super Pretzels to this day. Mark, yes. what shape are Super Pretzels? Pretzel shape. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a minute on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. 
Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. You know, speaking of lack of sponsorship, the Judge John Hodgman podcast occasionally has the pleasure of partnering with different brands of uh, Brooklynans, for example. That's Mm -hmm. the sheet company that's named for my hometown, Brookline, with an N at the end. That's why we like it. It's also great sheets. But one brand, there are a couple of brands that I've never, ever been able to tempt to forming a partnership with Judge John Hodgman. One of them is Moxie, the great licorice and gentian-flavored medicinal soda of Maine that predates Coca-Cola and is the it is the it is where we get the word Moxie from. Predates the word Moxie. The famous beverage punishment of our <laughs> northeasternmost state. <laughs> Ted Williams sponsored Moxie for a long time, or Ted Williams was a spokesperson for Moxie for a long time of the Boston, Massachusetts. The other part of my upbringing was in Massachusetts. The other brand I've never been able to form a connection with over many, many years, and sometimes we got pretty close in this dance, still just out of my grasp is Utz, the greatest snack foods available, Utz Mm -hmm. of Hanover, Pennsylvania. Mm. I love their crab chips. I love their cheese balls. and I love their pretzels. And guess what? I didn't even realize how many shapes of pretzels there are just in the Utz category. You got rods, you got nuggets, you got bites, you got hards. Gross. <laughs> you got honey wheat twists. Worse. Yeah. Uh, you got sticks, pretzel sticks. You got your butter twists. And of course, you got your specials. Your specials unsalted, your specials uh, uh, original, your specials extra dark specials. There are a lot of pretzel shapes. Uh, I think this is a wonderful point of discussion for you to have on your podcast, and you did it. What's more, your friendly truculence with each other is part of the appeal of the podcast because it speaks to the passions even the most mundane things can inspire in people. Either because of what they grew up with in Philadelphia or because of uh, history, uh, uh, culinary history, or other kinds of interesting research that make a thing feel more iconic or quintessential. And the fact that this pretzel debate 
focused on what was personal to Hal, the immovable object of what is personal to Hal versus the irresistible force of what is iconic to Mark. This is where a huge butting of heads occasionally comes in your podcast. And it is difficult to resolve. Would I like to order? You both are asking me essentially to order to let it lay or lie, whichever is correct. So what is there for me to resolve here? If you're willing to let it go, Hal, and you're willing to let it go, Mark, what will the people of the Maximum Fun subreddit fight about if I simply let it go? I don't want to deny, I don't want you guys to ease up on each other. These are things that are passionate. And when you have a, a podcast that offers objective judgments over subjective topics, you, you know, you're going to tie yourselves into these pretzel knots from time to time. I would let it go. I would say, forget it. Be friends. Put it behind you. If only for Ken Plume, except for one thing. <laughs> Your solution of, of letting it go would mean letting the pretzel rod stand as the best pretzel shape. And that's not true. That is a fundamental dereliction of duty. <laughs> it is known. Everyone's saying it. I'm getting letters right now and this podcast hasn't even come out yet. Your truculence, your your dispute of regional versus iconic and your unwillingness to compromise on this has left behind a false king, the pretzel rod, a horrible, dirty scepter of a pretzel that, that looks like a long poop, ultimately. <laughs> this cannot stand. And so, as before... Mm-hmm. When we got this, don't got this, and a final relitigation must happen, you come to me, your judge, John Hodgman. Mm -hmm. And I am prepared to make a final ruling. And then, then you will let it go. The Philadelphia soft pretzel is an incredible pretzel. Perhaps one of the best pretzels there is, both in shape and execution. It truly is the best regional soft pretzel shape. Pretzel rod is garbage. Don't talk to me about a pretzel nug. Those nugs are the furthest thing from bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's too much pretz, the ratio of internal pretz to external pretz is wrong, but you know what gets it exactly right? That internal to exterior ratio of crunch to different kind of crunch or soft to crunch in both hard and soft form. You see it across all formats of pretzels, pretzel shape. That's why it's pretzel shape, Hal. I get it. Mark should have sat back. He should have laid back or lain back or lied back. Don't write me. And let the conversation, quote unquote, happen for a while so you didn't feel railroaded until Mark could finally get around to making the obvious argument, pretzel shape, it's iconic and it tastes good. That's why they're all, that's why they're all shaped this way, except for this weird amorphous shape that Philadelphia came up with out of necessity. I love the Philadelphia pretzel, but it's an anomaly. How it's an anomaly. I'm sorry, you're banned from ever eating it again. It's okay, I'll take it because there are so <laughs> many other great pretzel shaped pretzels. You'll be back. And I'll go so far as to say, sponsorship or no, the best pretzel shape is Utz Specials Extra Dark mm, Dipped in Onion Dip. The best snack of all time. I got this one. Wait, so that was the best pretzel shape? Best pretzel shape is pretzel shape. Okay. The end. Forever. 
The one that you wouldn't allow because of your mutual truculence is the one that is the best pretzel shape. That is my judgment. And I'll also say a hoagie is not a sub. It's a hoagie. Get out of town. <laughs> this is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hal, how do you feel about the verdict? I mean, I'm fine with it. I would have been fine with Pretzel Shafe if Mark had made any argument close to that during the episode, but I am now willing to let it go for all time, and I feel good that I can still bring what makes me uniquely me to every single episode we record. Mark, how are you feeling? I'm just glad that Hal and I can finally, after these three years, be friends again. You know what I think? What? I believe the combination of Hal representing Mark, soft pretzels, churros, and other related products is a rare combination of the best of the best. Oh. And in conclusion, hey, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Jesse. <laughs> Another Judge John Hodgman case in the books. In a moment, we'll dispense swift justice. But first, our thanks to Dan Gualtieri for naming this week's episode Anti-Anarchist Brief. If you'd like to name a future episode like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook, we regularly put out calls for submissions there. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Our editor is Valerie Moffat. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets hashtag JJHO and check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss this episode. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to follow us there for evidence and other fun stuff. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Sarah says, I've learned that my husband set calendar reminders for that time of the month, but he denoted it as chocolate week. Not once has he procured chocolate for me during this time. I seek damages in the amount of one piece of chocolate for every week he has missed in the four years of our marriage. Mmm, it's probably a lot of chocolate. I suggest a whole milk carton full of Whoppers. (laughs) (laughs) But restitution must be made, Sarah's husband. Give your wife chocolate for chocolate week. Back taxes. Do it right. That's it for this week's episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. No case is too small. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Jesse Thorne, Jesse Thorne, thanks for sticking around. You normally don't stick around for my secret special post-credit sequences that I hide. But I had to stick around when I heard you were going to tell us a dream you had. (laughs) I know it's really boring. To tell people about their dreams, but this is such a weird and pleasant dream. We, what happened was we finished recording a podcast just like we did. Mm-hmm. And then you said, should we go in in the dream? I had a custom new podcast studio under the boardwalk in Ocean City, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And that's I, a nice place for it. No, and I said, you want to, let's go to the arcade. Under I don't know. Under the boardwalk. Un- we'll uh, be taping pods. Under the boardwalk. Something, something Thing that runs mods. with pods. Right. Yeah. So after we finished it, Jennifer, we're you were still on Zoom. Mods. <laughs> Jennifer, you were still on Zoom, so you couldn't come with us. But Jesse and I went to the arcade in Ocean City. And in the middle of the arcade was this big, as I described at the top of the episode, this this big, you know, 
a, a sleeper seat like you see in a business class section of an airplane, one of those flatbed seats. It's like a pod. And inside the pod was a was a uh, an actor dressed as the Grim Reaper who was doing all kinds of bits from inside the pod. And after he said that thing about Zambonis that I talked to, he rises up out of it like he's rising out of a out of a grave and he just does this bit and i remember i can't do norm mcdonald but it was clearly in this really offhand norm mcdonald way and he's like you know and i wrote this down as soon as i woke up this was the bit that he did anyway you know what i am i'm the spirit of this airplane seat the new economy plus sleeper seat on virgin atlantic you read in the papers about how <laughs> phil sickler is setting up the exhibition nba game in dublin and he's trying to get people to go. So Virgin Atlantic says, hey, you buy a ticket to Dublin, you get one of these. And then you sleep in it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a pretty good deal. You don't get dinner or anything. But guess what you get to do? Lie down on a plane. Okay, make up your own mind about it. doesn't matter to me. And then this Grim Reaper goes, and he goes back down into the seat. And I watched this happen. It was so much fun. And I went out to get you. I said, Jesse, Jesse, we got to go talk to the guy who did this. He's so funny. And Jesse, you were like, I don't want to, I don't want to go talk to a comedian inside of an airplane seat. And I said, no, come talk. And, and he was, he was getting out. It was like his shift was over. And Jesse's like, you don't want to talk to this guy. This guy, this is just going to be sad. And I'm like, no, I really like it. And and I went up to him and I said, hey, that was a really funny read you did on that promo for the airline seat. He goes, oh, thanks. He said, it was, it was really, you know, I was really, it wasn't my voice really. I was doing a kind of Richie Paul Dugan kind of read. And I said, I don't know who that is. And Jesse, of course, you were like, oh, I know that comedian. I know that <laughs> obscure comedian from a special thing or something. And the guy goes, yeah, you know him, right? Richie Paul Dugan. You were like, yeah, he's pretty good. And he's like, yeah. And the, the thing of it is, he was from Wisconsin. And I came up in Milwaukee comedy scene. And everyone was always stealing his stuff. And the guy got really loud and really aggro. And I'm like, okay, we need to go. And the end of the dream was you saying to me, see, I told you we shouldn't have talked to that guy. And that's the end of the dream. There's a lot of specific stuff in there about Phil Stick, Phil Sickler, whoever that is, setting up an exhibition NBA game in Dublin that they couldn't get, uh, they couldn't get people to go to it, so they were flying them over on free sleeper seats. What do you think about that, Jesse? Richie Paul Dugan. Richie Paul Dugan was the name of the comedian. Richie Paul Dugan, the dream version of I'm going to say Jarrett Grody. I'm going to go with Jarrett Grody. I, I I trust you and my dream comedian would know what you were talking about. Thanks for visiting me in the arcade in Ocean City, though, Jesse. That was a lot of fun we had together. Glad to do it. Thrilled to do it. That guy was a creep, though, in the dream. He really was kind of sad. All right, that's it, everybody. End of special end credit sequence. Don't forget the block party. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.